Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting once again in the safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Back in the safe house, huh? Yeah, back in the safe house. I'm all right with that because I can't. I don't want to go out in that fucking heat, man. It's just been brutal the last few days. It's so hot. Did you notice that when you do go out, you hardly see anybody on the street? It looks like yeah. kind of post-apocalyptic almost. Yeah, it seemed like uh, <laughs> after a hurricane or even kind of pandemic-y. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was just so brutal. In fact, what was it? Last Friday, I had off. And I decided, because it needed it so bad, I said, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to do some y- yard work in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And I started around 8.15. By like 9.45, 10 o'clock, I was drenched. My oh, whole yeah. clothes, totally drenched. <laughs> My wife came and looked at me, and she's like, what's going on here? <laughs> about to and, have a heat stroke. <laughs> well, I think I did, because what happened was I finished – took those clothes off. I took a shower and I went to lay down because I was, and I fell asleep for like four hours. Mm. It was really insane. It was just like, I think I did have some kind of heat thing. Yeah. Heat exhaustion or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the weirdest thing. I mean, I was drinking fluids and everything, but even in those little, not even two hours of work out there, um, I took a shot and then I just passed out, man. I got I, 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 shot I was, for the day. <laughs> I was, man. I woke up around two, three in the afternoon. I said, "Where the hell did the day go?" You know, it's just like, "What the fuck happened?" Right. And uh, uh, it was good sleep. I mean, it was yeah. hard, heavy sleep. <laughs> okay. Something I don't something I don't really get much anymore. Yeah, you know, death like sleep. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was good and bad, I guess, in some way. But that's how hot it's been, man. It's been yeah, fucking hot. Anything after eight thirty, uh, you're you're really, uh, you know, as far as uh, heavy uh, physical activity outside, it's uh, it's it's very uh, dicey proposition. Yeah, and you know, when I do yard work, no matter what time of the year it is, I always uh, dress like uh, you see a lot of these Asian people. You know, they wear pants and long sleeves and all that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's how I do my uh, gardening. Yeah, you have okay. a coolie hat? You use one of yeah. those uh, triangle well, no, hats? No, okay. I just kind of have Pith, like... Pith helmet, maybe? No, I, no. I have a... Uh, okay. Just kind of an old uh, uh, baseball cap or something. Oh, or something. okay. Or maybe I'll just put a bandana on, you right. know. Uh, but I wear the long sleeve shirts and the pants and stuff I, like that. I, I like that as well. I always have long pants when I'm doing uh, any kind of yard work because you know you're cutting the grass. You don't want all that. Uh, your your legs get sweaty and the grass starts sticking to your legs. That's no good, man. <laughs> you know the yeah. And then you do the weed eater and, and pebbles start hitting your legs and stuff. And right, you get all right. Cut up and stuff like that. So yeah, it was brutally hot, man. And I don't think there's any. I mean, I think it's going to mellow out maybe next week, but. For now, they say it's just going to be brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had had the electricity went off in my house for three hours last night, and then again today. So uh, hopefully, oh. it'll 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 hold out during this uh, this operation we got going here. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So the weekend was uh, Father's Day. Yes. Yeah. How and, was your Father's uh, Day? Uh, it was fine. I basically just stayed inside. It was so brutally hot. I stayed right. inside and. And uh, did really nothing, just watch TV and 
my daughter made me breakfast and oh, uh, my wife nice. made me dinner. And that was about it. And uh, there was nothing really big about it. And I, I didn't get any, you know, it's like, I don't want anything. Don't get right. Me. Just, you just want to be left alone. Well, that's pretty much the case. You know, <laughs> I want to just be left alone uh, with my ice and uh, thoughts. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but did you have anything? Did you get what you've been searching for every Father's Day? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I had, we did uh, host 15 people over at my house. Uh, I had my, my brother's whole family, my parents, my sister and her family, and uh, b- both of my children were here. And it was a, a lovely day. My father came. He was very happy to be here. You know, when, when my father shows up and we're there in person, I don't have to have the uncomfortable telephone conversation where oh, I tell right. him I love him at the end, you know, because because uh, when you're there, you know, you just uh, say, "Oh, Dad, happy, happy Father's Day." You know, that's enough. You know, you don't have to go into any more uh, intimate details than that. So that's yeah, you that's, don't get that long pause that you get when you have a right. phone call. <laughs> right, just, right. I right. love you, Dad, and there's nothing. No, no, no. He always goes. He always goes. Uh, All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. No, it was it was it was lovely and uh you know my my children were here that was terrific you know usually i'm i'm off on the road uh for for father's day so this year we we took that that first iguanas trip right after jazz fest which had us back in town for the, i guess we missed mother's day but uh had us in town for father's day so so yeah, I'm in uh, in town here. I'm actually leaving next next uh, a week from today, flying up to once again upstate New York. Uh, uh, I probably played upstate New York like twice in my entire career, and then I've this will be the third time I'm going up there this year. Uh, when, I, know, when I go upstate, up. what does that mean? Like uh, well, so like uh, Buffalo, uh, or, Buffalo, uh, Rochester, Syracuse, yeah. Ithaca. Um, you know, you, you you wouldn't think there'd be that many towns, but yeah, I'm playing all those places, I believe. And you're playing so, them when with who? Uh, I'm going up there with uh, Lynn Drury and our former guest uh, John Fole, another former guest Eric Bolivar on drums. So the four of us are going up there. She's driving up. She's leaving today, driving and playing a few solo dates on the way, and then then she's picking us up at the Buffalo Airport a week from today, and uh, we're spending a week playing dates around there, and then I'm flying back home. Oh, so, well, that uh, sounds yeah. exciting. Now, she has a big following. Well, are, I mean, uh, you know, are I don't these think... sports concerts? No, no, these are actual clubs and stuff and like a, a couple of outdoor festival kind of, you know, mu- municipal uh, performances. So I don't know that she's really been up there very much. There is, oddly enough, like a Buffalo, uh, New Orleans to Buffalo, like club or association or something where... These people in Buffalo bring New Orleans acts, like almost exclusively New Orleans acts, up to play in the area. So she's uh, like I played as part of that same uh, performance series with uh, John Grow there earlier in the year. And then then going back with Lynn here. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see if you're if you're looking to to uh, to develop a a regional touring, uh, you know, circuit. Uh, I, I probably would have started off with like uh, Memphis, Little Rock, Jackson, Oxford. But, uh, you know, in this case, we're starting off with upstate New York. It's 2,000 miles away, but who knows? You know, uh, they got a lot of music fans up there, too. So, 
All right. Well, so cool. That yeah, sounds have a, great. Have a, have a full report. Well, speaking of, of traveling musicians, uh, Manny, you know, I saw our, our mayor, Latoya Cantrell, made a, a trip back to uh, both of y'all's hometowns, uh, L.A., and she went there, I guess, ostensibly to uh, to uh, uh, some kind of consult them on the the L.A. Jazz Fest that they're in that's in development. They're talking about starting next year or something. And they they had an item on the news about it, and then a quick flash of of one of the posters promoting it. And in big letters, the headline act was Irvin Mayfield, a jazz oh, concert by Irvin Mayfield. Yeah, and, you know, who, well, he got out of jail, so he, he's he, he's he's out of jail. He still owes. I think he still owes the the majority of the one point three million dollars that he pled guilty to stealing from the Library Foundation, along with his his sidekick. Um, so he and still then owes they gave all him, that. Then they gave him another job already. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, Latoya was a big supporter. She was writing letters to the, the judge, uh, you know, give him a, a he's a, a great asset to, to New Orleans. Well, except for the steal and all the over a million dollars from the Bro, What does she or, call him? He's a good boy. That's what yeah, she said. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I can't remember what specifically she said, but then when, when asked about his uh, participation in the, this L.A. event that, of course, she flew first class on and stayed in, in, in hotels, and she says she's going to reimburse the city for for the uh, the overage. Yeah, it was it was last minute. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it was a last minute thing because they didn't know that they were doing this. She just decided uh, the the day before, right? They didn't, right. They don't, they don't plan these things weeks in advance. Anyway, when asked about Irvin Mayfield, she said, "Well, I didn't have anything to do with that." It's like, oh, ah. yeah, sure, that was com- sure that was completely random. But he did get a new gig. He got a new gig working for the city, getting paid another hundred thousand dollars. Really? Yeah, he did. He got a new gig. He's he, he was got sentenced for twelve months. They they let him out nine months, and then apparently he's been promoted to head some something to do with the, another library or something. Oh God! <laughs> he, he's got a new gig. He's got a gig. For the city, it's a city-appointed gig. Can you believe this? Well, you know, I'm glad the city of New Orleans continues to uh, to uh, support uh, Irvin Mayfield because uh, you know. Yeah, he yeah he needs uh, so many got, strikes well, against got, him. He's yeah. got to pay back all those fines and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wonder where L.A. is trying to pull off a jazz fest. I don't uh, know. I don't know because L.A. with festivals, big mm-hmm. festivals, it never works, man. They used to do this thing, started in the early 80s. They called it the L.A. street scene, where they blocked off downtown L.A. Right. Maybe you, maybe you remember this, uh, Trey, John. Yeah. Uh, back in the early 80s, they had that thing called the L.A. street scene, where they blocked off all of downtown, and like one part of down, one street corner was like the, the funk stage, and the other one was the punk stage. Uh, a few blocks down was like uh, the rhythm and blues stage, and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And, you know, typical L.A., man, you get too many uh, people together and uh, violence starts happening, especially with the gangs, with all the gangs and stuff. I, you know, it was it lasted three years and then the city just said, we can't do this ever again. It's just too Hmm. much, too much violence. I mean, broken glass of shop owner, you know, shops, just people just looting. looting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like we're supposed to have because the thing was, it was a free thing. It was free. Uh huh. You know, and I I saw I saw some great acts. I saw uh, James Brown. Oh, he nice. put on a fucking amazing show, and and uh, that was really good. One year, 
And then I think the last year they just they had this a punk rock stage, and that just got out of control. And the the cops came on their horses and stuff, and they just started beating people. And I'll never forget. I was running for my life, and I felt the the wisp of a billy club right go right by my ear. Huh. Just a billy club and stuff. And no, I was. I think I, I ran under a car to save myself. I just ran under a car. Oh, uh, that was crazy going on, but let's hope they, they you know, uh, they'll have it uh, like in a in a closed venue or some sort because outdoor things in LA uh, doesn't work. Maybe it's gotten yeah. better. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know how good it's gonna be because like when the last time the Lakers won the championship, people were rioting. They were so yeah. happy. They were rioting. Oh. You know that kind of stuff. We got to tip oh. over cars and burn oh, buildings man, down and man. stuff like that. It's all good fun, though. Sure, you know, it's sure. all good fun for the. It's all about the kids and stuff. All right. Well, yeah. uh, maybe they forgot about all the bad times. They're ready to give it another shot. Yeah. Who knows? I don't right, know. Right. 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 What, what are you gonna do? Sure. Got, well, uh, you you got anything else going on in the notebook there, Manny? Uh, no, nah, not really. It's been a, you know, I've been so. <laughs> It's so exhausted from the heat. I, sure. My brain can't work. My brain no, I hear you. I hear you, man. It's like, you know, I went to work today because we had yesterday off because it was Juneteenth. Right, right. You know, which is, right. a, is a great new holiday. holiday. Yeah, yeah. The new, new holiday new, that I get yeah. paid for. So that's nice. kind of nice. Good deal. And, uh, you know, I didn't do much of that, but uh, went back to work today and, uh, I had to, like walking from my car to my office. I think I like lost three pounds. It's <laughs> so hot, you know. But um, no, anyway, let's get our guest in because he's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah. We want to, we want to get going with that because he's yes. he's halfway around the world. Somewhere, he is right? halfway around the world. It's crazy what we've been able to do here with this uh, this technology. I know it's sometimes uh, challenging, but uh, but man, oh man, so. So yes, our, our guest, he's a, a longtime listener of the show. In fact, uh, I said, I know you've listened to a lot of these. He said, I've listened to every one. It's like, okay, uh -oh. well, <laughs> it's, that's commitment. So a big fan of the podcast. He's a terrific bass player, a band leader. He's played with all kinds of bands in, in New Orleans, uh, like Johnny J and the Hitmen, uh, Mike Hurt and the Haunted Hearts. Also, uh, I believe he did some time with uh, uh, Clockwork Elvis and, uh, and a, a bunch of other people, a bunch of swamp pop people around here warren storm he anyway, did time with urban mayfield didn't he well we'll, we'll get into all that <laughs> see, see 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 exactly what he did or did not do with urban mayfield but uh he's also a, a stained glass expert a restorer uh so something we've never had anybody on the podcast with any expertise in and i'm, I'm very interested in that and he's uh halfway around the world he's uh he's in stockholm sweden so anyway very excited to have him on. Without further ado, the great Mr. John Trahey. Welcome, John. Wow, that was a hell of an intro, Renee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm known for my, my uh, hellish intros. You're really good at that. And not only have I listened to all the podcasts, several of them I've listened to multiple times. <laughs> okay. <Really? laughs> nice, nice. Well, the Johnny, the Johnny Vidakovich one is amazing. Right. And, oh, God, um, that was like years ago, that was. Tav Falco, was, uh, I just can't get enough of that guy. Okay, right on. It's, a, it's a, one of the sister podcasts, the Feral Zone yeah. podcast, but right on because uh, we had to, had to do that one on the side. But uh, well, well, cool, John. Well, so, so what time is it in, in uh, Stockholm right now? Well, it's uh, 10 to 3. Sun's almost up. 
Wow, really? Oh, yeah, summertime yeah. in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, how, how many? You have like six hours of uh, of darkness. No, not, maybe not three, three and a half. Oh, wow. Okay, but it's not really dark. It's kind of like twilight. Okay. Now, does that mess with your sleep? It used to. Um, not so much anymore. I'm, I'm a little more used to it, but I, I can't stand the opposite in the wintertime when it's flip-flopped. Yeah. That I, have a, I have a really hard time. It, uh, it's, uh, they have uh, like high uh, suicide rates over there because of that uh, seasonal uh, affective disorder, huh? Yes. Yes. You, you ever have any of those impulses? You want to end it all? <laughs> Well, I'm I'm bipolar, so I don't know if which reason it was, but yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, hopefully you'll make it through this podcast tonight, man. So yeah. is is Sweden? We, we get through. Hey, John. Is, yeah, what's up? Is Sweden still like one of the biggest porn capitals of the world? Do they still make those really good Swedish porns there? Yeah, you still have that Swedish erotica, right? Yeah. People always say that, but I I, I don't see any evidence of that. No. I also have never seen a Swedish massage parlor. Okay. Really? <laughs> They're all Thai massage parlors. Now, you've had Swedish meatballs, though? Of course, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Now, what's the temperature like right now there? Uh, in nighttime right now, it's, uh, I would say, high 50s. Oh, wow. And in the daytime, it goes up to, late, lately, it's been going up to 75, 78. Cool. Okay, that sounds Roughly. sounds pretty pleasant, but uh, you need a jacket at yeah. night for sure. Yeah, definitely. When once the sun cuts ducks down a little bit, you def it definitely gets chilly. It drops fast. Okay, well, John, we're uh, we're thrilled to have you on. Well, I I know you you spent a, a bunch of years in New Orleans, but uh, you didn't grow up in New Orleans, did you? Tell no. tell us about your uh, your your early years. I I grew up in Chicago. Okay. Um, now, Trahey, is that a Irish name? It's an Americanized Irish name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I suspected as much. Very good. Yeah. So you lived kind of in the city, in the suburbs? Uh, no, I always lived in the city limits. Oh, right on. Big family, big Irish Catholic family? Well, my dad did have a ton of relatives, but I I mean, we would not see them very often. Um, you know, I don't know why. Maybe he didn't like them. But yeah, <laughs> I, do, I do remember going to a lot of funerals when I was a kid. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Weddings and funerals. There's always lots of those in big families. More funerals. Okay. Than weddings. Uh, all right. Well, so, uh, well, so when were you first uh, interested in playing music? Is that, did you have a uh, musical tradition in your family? Did you hear that around the house? Uh, well, my mom was a, a singer uh, and she sang in church choir and wanted to, pursue music but i think the family kind of squashed those dreams a little bit but um my sisters were into theater and stuff like that and uh but i uh, i mean i started watching the they were running rerunning monkeys uh, the monkey show on Nickelback, mm -hmm. yeah. and i just fell in love with those gretsch guitars that michael nesbeth played, played. uh-huh and uh my mom had this old silver tone in the basement and I would pretend to be Mike Nismith. <laughs> and she finally got me a real guitar and I took some lessons and, you know, just learned the basics and then um, went from there. I never, I've never become like a really strong lead player, but I can hang with pretty much anything on rhythm. 
Yeah. So did you did you start uh, finding other people that played music, starting little bands, or uh, were you just uh, down in the basement by yourself? Mostly by myself until I got to high school. Um, okay. But then uh, I found out. I found out in my at the in the middle of my first year that if you took a band that you didn't have to take gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want I didn't want to take gym and uh, well the idea of changing your clothes in the middle of the day just seems ridiculous to me. But and getting sweaty uh, in the middle of the day. Yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all it's all just nonsense. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so I started with bass and uh, just you know I mean. The first four strings are the same as a guitar, so I just kind of took to it. So is that in the orchestra? You're playing acoustic bass in the orchestra? Yeah. It's cool? Okay. It, well, there was a string ensemble. That was the class. That, the orchestra was, uh, they were marching band. Concert Eventually, band, marching band. Yeah. Uh-huh. Eventually, we did do an after-school orchestra where we combined all the strings. And so Now, is this a public school? or No, this is a school? Jesuit school. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so yeah. so that, you didn't want to have to change clothes at a Jesuit school. I, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you know the coach has got a, a se- several peepholes into the shower. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, no comment, John. Okay, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Don't wanna don't wanna leave yourself open to any lawsuits. Um, make any uh any uh claims you can't back up. Exactly. Well, uh, well, well, that's cool that they had a, a string program there because uh, you know, uh, a lot of times that's the first thing to get cut. You know, they figure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a private school, so yeah. You know, as, long, uh, as long as people are paying their tuition, I think they have money, and and it's in kind of a pretty upscale suburb. Okay. So, well, so I don't uh, think they need to so worry the, about that, right? So, so. You, you, the playing bass really resonated with you. I guess, I'm guessing at that point you, you started getting into it because I, well, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Then you pursued that in college. Well, I went, well, okay. Um, when I started in high school, I just, I mean, I started just really loving it, you know, very, very soon after I started playing. And I also took uh, jazz lessons uh, once a week on my lunch. Who were you studying with? This guy, is Steve Reinfrank. His Chicago guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his teacher was Larry Gray. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's okay. Of, names familiar. It was a tremendous jazz scene in, in Chicago. Yeah. Obviously, tons of great players. Man, Green yeah. Mill. I used to go down. You know, see oh, yeah. see cream of the crop guys uh, playing there. Yeah. Man, but I amazing mean, amazing stuff at the Green Mill. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I I just worked really hard at it. You know, it was something that I I finally found something that I really enjoyed doing, and I hated most of the rest of school. Uh, I have some form of dyslexia, so reading is really hard for me. Hmm. Thankfully, I've always managed to be able to make good grades, though. But, okay, uh, smart enough to overcome the uh, the, yeah. the reading difficulty. All right, well, good right. for you. I can get by without reading all the material that was uh-huh. <laughs> right. Just get the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so wait a minute. You're in Sweden, so you have dyslexia. So how are you able to read like street signs and stuff, which is in a no, different well, language? No, well, I don't. It's not. You know that the bad. language? It's not that bad. I'm okay, but but as far as the dyslexia thing goes, when I'm reading. It, there's two aspects of it. One is my, my brain jumps ahead and I'm looking uh-huh. at the wrong word. And then my, my brain starts to mix up the letters and make it 
make a word that it thinks it is because of the letters that are in the in the actual word. And kind of a jumble. Yeah, it's it's a pain mm. in the ass. And so and then sometimes I'm reading and I'll read an entire page and I'll realize that I have no idea of anything I just read. My eyes were just going over the words. Yeah, I remember back in high school when we were smoking a lot of pot. That was pretty much every page you read. (laughs) (laughs) What what is this book about again? Wait a second. I got to start over. Okay. So, so, as far as reading signage, it's not as much of a thing because there are only several words. But uh, anyway, um, but I I worked so hard. uh, By the end of my senior year, I won an award that no one at that school had ever won the national Catholic band award for string bass. Oh, wow. Nice. Which was cool. And yeah, uh, man. And then I went to Loyola in new Orleans. Now, how does that happen? How do you wind uh, Of course, you know, another Jesuit institution, but were you recruited? Uh, who was, was that Dean Angeles uh, running the string program at that time? Yeah, it was Dean. Uh, I hate that guy. Uh, I was, I was in, I was, uh, my first year at Loyola, I think might've been like Dean Angeles second year, uh, running the program. And I was on a scholarship where I had to play in every ensemble that wanted me. And one of them that wanted me was the, uh, was the chamber orchestra and the, and the orchestra He's like, yeah, send him over here. So yeah, I spent a lot of time with Dean Angeles, uh, threw a magazine at me. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> is he still uh, alive i th- uh. i think he is he's not i i i, I think he is still alive uh we his daughter was a big uh, iguanas fan actually and and would would come and see us i think his daughter might have become a, a physician might have gone to medical school ultimately let's get him on the show <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, that was 1997 so there's I, I doubt he's still working there no, he's not working there. No, definitely oh, okay. not. But I think he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, to answer your question simply is that my dad worked at Loyola in Chicago for okay. like 30 years. So I could go to any Jesuit school in the country for basically peanuts. All right. So you, you looked at New Orleans. You thought, okay, it seems like a fun town. It's far away from my parents. Was that basically the, the, the yeah. decision right, right there? Okay. Had you ever been in New Orleans or what did you nope. think when you got down here? Yeah, it was very culture shock from Chicago. It was really different. Um, okay. I liked it, um, but I don't know. The, the, so, something happened, I, I guess. I mean, I've only been diagnosed bipolar since three years ago. But, I mean, obviously I was born with it, so I must have. Mm-hmm. I had a kind of a breakdown, like not too far into the semester, and I ha- I just had to leave. I was having to worst anxiety that you could possibly imagine it was completely debilitated so i had to go back to chicago and i finished school there but then i moved back to new orleans after i was done with okay so you you finished in a in you you got a music degree there in in, uh no they didn't have a program at that school i got an english degree oh okay right on but you were still playing bass the whole time i'm i'm assuming yeah Yeah, I was playing in a rockabilly band and some other bands with some guys from high school. Okay, so is this when you you uh, start getting into playing uh, slap upright? Yeah, I I went to in fact the Green Mill one night and uh, you know uh, you know it's kind of long and then there's the stages in the back and we we were hanging out in one of the booths kind of towards the front and uh, 
I just heard now the green mill. Tell tell the guests the green mill is like a place they. Uh, I believe this is true. Dates back to like uh, Al Capone's. It supposedly yeah. has like an underground passage from the green mill to, to the, lake. the hotel that he lived in, as well as like his bank and. Yeah, that's how they snuck the booze in. Uh, the, the, you have to get down in the basement. You you open up the floor behind the bar. And, uh, uh, but Al Capone is supposedly said to have ran it. He didn't own it because he didn't really own anything. But, right. um, you know, it was a speakeasy. Isn't that where Geraldo Rivera had that special about Al Capone's vaults? Would that be the same place? Remember back in the 80s? I do remember Maybe. that. Uh, yeah. That's probably before John's time. It was one of the first big uh, live television spectacles where uh, Geraldo <laughs> Rivera ma made an ass of himself. On live yeah, all he TV. found was a bunch of Coke bottles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 30s. Yeah. yeah they, that's hilarious. They hyped, this thing, they hyped this special for like weeks. Al Capone's vaults unearthed, you know. And, right, right. And they went to some tunnel, underground tunnel. They were digging and he had all these experts <laughs> and the history wow. of Capone. And, you know, what's in the vault? They opened it. It was like a Coke bottle. You know. <laughs> 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 Stupid like that. And Geraldo... Uh, uh, never was never the same after that. Yeah, yeah. Well, as actually as as much of a of a boob as he made of, him, of himself on that, uh, he was able to parlay the uh, the notoriety into a whole yeah. career. He's still mining here. So so you get into rockabilly. Uh, you're you're playing slap bass. Well, sorry, I cut you off on the story. You saw you went to the Green Mill. Well, Continue. yeah, no, I was. Uh, I, I couldn't see the stage from where I was, but I was listening and I could hear this clicking sound, and. Uh, I was like, is that the, is that the, you know, the stick on the rim of the snare drum? And I said, like, no, no, it's not quite like that. And so I went up and I, I saw this guy who was up there and he was playing and he was, you know, slapping like crazy. And I was like, that is fucking cool. I need to learn how to do that. <laughs> that was uh, Jimmy Sutton. He's uh, been a friend for a long time. Okay, now did you did you study with somebody to, to no, figure that out? I, I, I went and they played. The, that was a band called the Four Charms. They played mm -hmm. every Tuesday night at the mill, and I would go every Tuesday night and just sit there and watch them, and then yeah. I'd go home and try to recreate it, try to replicate it. Right, right, mm -hmm. right. Because it's one of those things that, uh, like, until you kind of get it, it's like, how are they doing that? What's what is the actual? I mean, it's a it's a weird kind of motion, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. But then it clicked with you and like, okay, yeah. I, I it took a while for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is like that where it's like, okay, that's not quite it. That's And then suddenly it just kind of starts happening. Yeah. Um, so so you developed that and then you thought, okay, I want to go back down to New Orleans. What was a, what was your, your thinking or what, what did you do? <clears throat> there was a woman involved in that. Okay, sure. Uh. We like that. I we thought like maybe you wanted to throw that magazine back at your teacher. <laughs> I said, I, he he told me I was going to just throwing my life away, and I'd never by doing what by leaving his program. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It's <Yeah. laughs> an arrogant son of a bitch, man. Yeah, I think a lot of people that did well in life left his program. Actually, uh, yeah, you know, some people that that did well stayed, but uh, a lot left. Um, so, so you get back down here, and uh, who, who do you start uh, uh, putting this to use with? This this newfound uh, slap bass knowledge. It's, it's 
Well, it didn't, it didn't happen right away. Uh, I tried to put my own band together, but I didn't know anybody. So I ended up with a, you know, bunch of people who weren't right. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I got a job working at offbeat. Uh, that was, uh, wow. short lived. <laughs> I found out that I'm not cut out for sales. And, oh, okay. Uh, so you weren't, you weren't in the, you were, you're in the sales department. Yeah. All right. And well, I just wanted to be part of the, you know, because I figured it was a music thing, you know, but then once I got there and I found out what I would be doing, it wasn't what I thought it was going to so be. So you're trying to sell uh, advertising space for the magazine and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. You gotta, yeah. you gotta really, uh, you got that's a that's a <clears throat> gift, you know. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't cut out for that. But trying to convince people that that's going to happen for them, that business will be twenty percent more if you buy a two inch ad in my on page three or something like that. Yeah, you know, that's a tough racket. Yeah. But it, but it wasn't uh, working for Offbeat. Actually, did lead somewhere, right? Because you you yeah. met, is that where you first met uh, Mike Hurt? Mike. Well, yeah. This this is kind of funny. I, I was sitting in my office, and Jan's husband Joseph Herrera, he's from New York. Um, mm-hmm. He he would take these breaks, and he there was a there's a long hallway in the office, and he would walk up and down the hallway. I guess you know just to kind of walk it off or whatever. But, but he, he walked by my office and he stopped and I guess, and he stuck his head back in and he said, you know, John, you, you have beautiful hair. You, <laughs> you should meet Michael Hurt. He would love your hair. <laughs> <laughs> he has good hair too. It's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. So he gave me his number and I called him and he said he was putting a band together, looking for a bass player. And we met a few times and then we started rehearsing. So this was kind of uh, Mike post Royal Pendletons. He's is, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the Pendletons always played like once in a while, but right, right. But I mean, he's he's starting the the Haunted Hearts was was yeah. the band he was putting together, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't Mike Hurt up up like in Wisconsin now, Detroit. Illinois? Back in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's in Detroit. So was the guy right? Uh, you guys do have beautiful hair. <laughs> I think he's right. Okay, <laughs> and but but you guys got along. So well, t- well then tell us about that. The the you know meeting Mike. Uh, you Did know, you try to start a hair band? <laughs> <laughs> Not the wrong kind of hair. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, no, but he had already known Mitch, the steel player, and mm-hmm. JD, the other guitar player, and. They, they were just trying to find somebody who basically could do what I do. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know exactly. I don't remember how long they had been kicking it around before it actually happened. But it happened pretty quickly after I met Michael. Right on. So then you guys start uh, start playing around the city, uh, making recordings. Uh, what goes on? You start backing. Uh, you get involved in the Ponderosa Stomp. Uh, just yeah. give us some. Well, Michael was a member of the Mystic Knights of the Mau Mau. The, mm-hmm. the, they're the kind of group that do, puts on the Ponderosa Stomp, or did anyway. I think it's. I don't think they do that anymore. Right. But um, yeah, no, we started playing, and then we started kind of traveling around the mid south. And um, then Ira offered us to do in the Ponderosa Stomp. And we did the first one, was the last one they did at the Rock and Bowl. Um, and uh, it was awesome, man. 
<laughs> and we played pretty much every year with them and backed up so many people, Tommy McLean and Warren Storm and Jive and Gene and I don't know. I, you know nice. <laughs> it was, uh, got to meet a lot of really cool people, play a lot of really cool Do you cool think they music. stopped doing it because all these artists just died? They were so old. I remember the Ponderosa Stomp, and it just seemed like these guys were so old. Yeah, some of them could. You ever seen? Did you see Joe Clay? He used to no, he used I to jump know. off the stage at the House of Blues and dance in the in the crowd. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I I grew up playing with Joe Clay. He was my father's drummer. It's yeah. CJ Sheremy, his yeah. his real name. Uh, I knew him by, and then you know he would tell us about how he had this rockabilly career when he was uh, you know in, in his teenage years as as Joe Clay, and uh, so yes, he was he, he was uh, you know still very vital when when he was doing a lot of those ponderosa stomps but i mean uh joe's been dead for uh probably close to 10 years at this point yeah now so yeah he's he's you know if they had one now it's you wouldn't have <laughs> joe clay on it uh, but uh yeah i mean there's still a lot of guys still alive but uh, uh the, it's definitely a shrinking number manny that's that's a that's a, a good observation yeah they're, yeah. they're dropping like flies man yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it was that was a tremendous thing while I had it going, man. It's uh, you know the all kind of people you thought you thought you would never see again yeah. uh, in, in person there. So you got to play on a lot of those shows. I saw the you have something in the notes about uh, Hunter Thompson. Did he show up? Uh, do you have no. cross paths with him or something? That was at the Circle Bar. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You remember <laughs> that they that movie? All the King's Men. Sean Penn was in it. Yeah. Well, he. Uh, he he was at the circle bar some some kind of way i don't know but we were up there playing and uh, i remember that yeah because i was living upstairs at that time and we stopped playing and uh you know he uh he, he loved all this artwork because michael did all these posters by hand and stuff like that and so he he was talking to us he's like oh, i'm gonna get y'all in the movie i'm gonna talk to sean and all this this and that and then very shortly after that he committed suicide Oh, uh, you don't blame yourself for that, do you? Taylor? Yeah, I was just no, about to say, no, good one, no, man. <laughs> okay, well, good, good. I, I don't think you should. I think that's uh, you know he had his own demons. Well, uh, Manny, I'm I'm looking at the time and the my my drink, and it seems like uh, about that time, huh? Yeah. Well, John, you've listened to the show uh, more than I have, so you know what we're going to do right now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I do. I do. Uh, Troubled Nation, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Breaking hearts and telling lies—that's my profession. I broke the heart of every girl in town. Breaking hearts and telling lies—that's my profession. If you want a broken heart, just hang around. Last night when you looked out the window, the sight that you saw—it was a shame. I was wrapped in the arms of another, just hugging and kissing. Another flame Breaking hearts and telling lies That's my profession I broke the heart of every girl in town Breaking hearts and telling lies That's my profession If you want a broken heart Just hang around 
back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman, back with our guest, Mr. John Trahey. Now, John, uh, as you said, uh, you've listened to all these shows, so you're well familiar with our history with sponsors <laughs> and, uh, and that we're back to the original sponsor, Loose Change, which is yeah. uh, a metaphor for uh, 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 the uh, listener-sponsored, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, listener-supported. Uh, you know, it's a, we're appealing to you. You have that, that a little loose change, the extra money that's rattling around in your bank account. Uh, we uh, make it easy to, uh, to round up or round so, down. John, what do they have in, in Sweden? Is that the kroner or the, yeah. what do they have? What kind of money this is, is the it? Kroner. The kroner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kroner, okay, and but you know all those foreign currencies are uh, are easily uh, uh, converted to uh, American dollars to something we can use. In fact, John is a uh, is is one of our patrons from the Patreon page. Oh. So uh, you know we have uh, we want to give a shout out to all the all the patrons from the Patreon page, and they're they're oh. there week in and week out, just like they're listening week in and week out. They're supporting us. Uh, it's it's like clockwork. And so, th- thank you to all those people. It's uh, yeah, it's just, you know, you're you're uh, you're really doing it. Uh, also, again, Rob Mailer. Speaking of people who are really doing it, once again supports us. He's not on the Patreon page, but he may as well be because he's supporting us uh, every week. So, shout out to Rob Mailer as well. And uh, you know, uh, along those lines, we have those we have those. The links, the Venmo and PayPal links and the the show notes of every show, as well as the Facebook page. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. Rate, review and subscribe. Give us five stars. Really helps us out. Um, uh, Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have the Trouble Men podcast T-shirts, John. I'm not sure if you have one of those. But maybe there's one in your future. You know, the uh, uh, Christmas is coming up. It's <laughs> only six six months away. Um, what you else? You know, today's uh, my birthday. Oh, happy oh. birthday, John! I did not know that. That's well, that's fantastic, <laughs> man. You see, I'm I, I didn't realize this was going to work out like that. But that's wonderful. Oh man! <clears throat> yeah, thank you. Well. I feel honored that you're up uh, at 3 a.m. in the morning with us on his birthday. Yeah, well, (laughs) it could be worse. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love this. It's great, man. Y'all are so much fun. Nice. Uh, nice, What size are you, John? Um, I don't know. uh, XL. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, uh, maybe a little bird will uh, will, uh, (laughs) gift John with a with a uh, Trouble Men podcast XL T-shirt. All right, and uh, you know, I, I had a, a, a chat with our our friend, uh, young Bill Brandt. I mean, Bill, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brandt Ryder. That's his name. <laughs> that's another on, guy. That said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, free yeah. associating here. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was saying. Also, uh, we've been been uh, you know running the the little promo code for six months now. Uh, any any. How was that going? He said zero, zero people <laughs> have used the promo yeah. code. So, so I think we've come to the conclusion we're going to re- retire the promo code. But uh, you know, it's we'll we'll still put it up there this week. Uh, anybody wants a, the last bite at the apple of the the healing dragon that Manny loves so much, the liniment. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a the only thing that keeps me going, man. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So. Uh, 
you know, get in, get in on on what uh, some of what Manny's using, and uh, you know, you, you might be surprised, people. But uh, there, for for those that that want to jump on that this week, we'll still put up the uh, the Great Escape Bacon Company uh, uh, Troubled One Five promo code. You get a fifteen percent discount off of any any uh, of your uh, Delta Aid or CBD or any of that stuff on there. Uh, I think that that about covers that, huh? Yeah. So, uh, back to all our guests. That, all yeah. that stuff is legal, John, in your country, right? Nothing with CBD. Nothing, really. No, they're, they're, what about nope. weed? Mm-mm. See, that's uh, there. They people think of of the the uh, Scandinavian countries as being very progressive, but in many ways they're kind of uh, Germanic and and uh, uh, repressive, but, right? But you got free health care, yes. right? There you okay. go. Right. You don't need CBD <laughs> when you got free health care, man. Okay. No, hey, I'd doc. Like it. I like hey, it. Doc, I'm feeling bad, Doc. It would save $30,000 well, a year if I had exactly. uh, free health well, They, they are a little stingy with certain types of drugs, though, like sleeping medication and anxiety, stuff like that. Like They're, they're not giving out benzos like candy. Like You know what I mean? I, I've, you I, think I've they would here, with like... I've been here for nine years. I've never gotten an antibiotic. They almost really? never give them out. Only if you have gangrene or something. They, uh, uh, well, because oh, because wow. they have a an insurance for when you're when you're sick, you don't lose your work money, your salary. Mm-hmm. So you can stay home if you're sick, and that's what they expect you to do, and just get better on your own. Oh, okay. Uh, well, then then you're not uh, you're not. Uh, developing all these uh, antibiotic exactly. resistant, uh, uh, you know, bugs that that are going to ultimately kill you, and they they won't the antibiotics don't work yeah. anymore. So you know the, that's that's a little bit progressive. Okay, John. Well, back to your. Uh, so we last left you. You're you're playing in the haunted hearts. Y'all are uh, playing with all these these uh, uh, great performers and that are coming down for the Ponderosa Stomp. But uh, so then you guys uh, record a couple of records. You're touring around. Uh, how how do you find that? Was that the first band you toured around the country yes. with? Yeah, I loved it. I, I I had never done anything like it, and I, I don't know. I just completely fell in love with it. It's so cool, you know, just going to new places, and every night there's a new show, and yeah, right? I don't know. I just I can't get enough of it. It's, Right. Yeah, I, that's how I felt, man. I still feel that way. No, I, I'm excited going, leaving. Just you know, it's just something different. It's it's every day is a new adventure, right? Yeah, especially if you have a driver. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meeting Steven Seagal was kind of a trip. Okay, well, tell us about that. How did that happen? The well, there's this little uh, catfish restaurant. It used to be a general store. It's got one of those big old southern raised wooden porches you know where's that and uh it's in taylor mississippi hmm. it's outside of oxford okay it's like 30 minutes from oxford mm-hmm. so it's it's like well in the middle of nowhere uh-huh. and uh it's like it's literally a bend in the woods and there's that store there's the storefront and then the one next door which was always empty and then a post office and then you're back in the woods <laughs> <laughs> so uh but anyway so we're up there playing and uh and here he comes, and he was just a big as a truck, man. And he had on one of those super cliche, like, Chinese shirts that <laughs> was like that red right. satin with the gold bars across the chest, uh-huh. you know. And he, he just kind of saunters up to the stage, and he gives us this little nod. 
And I'm like, oh, God, holy holy crap. So uh, we took a break, and he came out on the porch, and I was out there smoking. I smoked at the time. And and I I couldn't resist talking to him. I just had to know what the hell he was doing Mm -hmm. there. So I I just said, "What, what, what are you doing in this little place? And he said he was in Memphis filming a movie. And I said, oh, God, I got to know about this, too. I said, what, what's the movie about? And he said, well, it's kind of autobiographical for me. First learned the sword, then learned the guitar. It's about an assassin who's also a blues musician. <laughs> God. God. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, uh, I was like, uh, so what do you think of, uh, you know, what do you think of our band? And he said, well, I'm really more of a blues fool. <laughs> oh, some kind of fool, right? right. <laughs> but yeah. So and then and then we left, and he didn't tip us, but his friends did. Okay. All right. All right. Well, he's a cheapskate, but uh, he's, he's got people uh, yeah. covering for him. All right. Uh, asshole. He's an asshole. Okay. Yeah. It's, well. I've I've heard that about him, but I haven't haven't actually uh, uh, met him face to face myself. He's he doesn't have a great reputation around here. But first learn the sword, then learn the guitar. I mean, come on. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit of a struggle. I wonder how long he thought about, you know, or did he have a writer come up with that for him? Right, right, right. It's well. probably the line in the movie that he couldn't nail. He kept having to rehearse it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, first, probably. what's first? The guitar. Yeah. I can't remember what's line, first. Line, you know, keep yelling, <laughs> line, line. <laughs> first well, learn anyway, the sword, well, then the guitar, Stephen. First, learn the story and the guitar. You know, no, he's a good guy. I don't know. He seems like an. Artist. I have I have so many tour stories I could talk your ear off, but I, I don't know. We don't have time. Sure, sure, that. sure. We'll just we'll touch on some of these things. Well, I see uh, Charlie Leuven shows up in the in the in your uh, chronology here. Uh, yeah. What's so, how, we opened up for him at One Eye Jacks. Oh, okay. Have have much? Uh, that was pretty crazy. Much uh, much uh, conversation with Charlie. He was a dirty old chain smoking man. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. All he did was talk about chicks backstage. Oh, really? Chain smoke. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I and and I don't mean like look at how pretty that girl is, uh-huh. if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <clears throat> he was getting gritty about yeah, it, huh? Was, oh yeah. He was a dirty old man. Now, did he have any groupies? <clears throat> how old was he at the time? Well, I was saying that, but man, he's asking if he had any groupies there. So uh <laughs> No, no, no. no just, 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 just I wonder why. Uh, <laughs> it was the smoking, probably. I think he died like two years after that performance. Yeah, yeah. He must have been old, huh? He was really old. <laughs> he was really old. I mean, it was a decent show, you know, as good as it could be for the amount of energy. Yeah, no, I would, I would, I would have so, gone if I was available, and I mean, if I was free and and uh, <clears throat> knew it was happening, shit, I go see Charlie Leuven. Yeah, right on. So uh, you know, you you uh, so then also another uh, interesting name, Johnny Panino. I see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Panino. Oh, you're gonna love this one. Uh, the last gig I, was, I played I before to... before everything got shut down was a gig with uh, Carlo Ditta leading the band, and uh, Johnny Panino oh, okay. was on tenor. And yeah. uh, Johnny Panino gave me a CD, and uh, and man, what a hairdo! Uh, anyway, so, oh my god, so, it was a toupee. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, it was quite a quite a production, <laughs> man. It le- definitely looked like uh, a lot of work had gone into uh, uh, him getting to the gig that night. Well, 
I was playing with JD, one of the guys in the Haunted Hearts, had a soul band, and they didn't have a bass player for a while, and I kind of subbed in with them for a, for a few months or something. And one of the gigs was at DBA, and JD booked Panino to play saxophone. Mm-hmm. And so Panino shows up, and, and I, I just I hear JD say, so do you have a chance to listen to any of the tunes? And then get to you know you know, get to know him and all, and Panino looked at him and he touched his ears and he goes, "You know what these are? <laughs> they ears. They for listening." <laughs> Meaning, no, I haven't prepared then, at all. Exactly. I'm just gonna wing it. <laughs> and he was great. He, yeah. to, to his credit, man, because a lot of that soul stuff is a lot of corners on those horn parts, and I don't know, he did it. Yeah. He's definitely an old school guy, man. Uh, you know, it. I'd like to see some of these these you know new guys coming to New Orleans. They don't have a history here, and then put them in a room with Johnny Panino and don't give, <laughs> don't tell anybody any instructions. Just just see after a couple hours, see what comes out, see what see what they work out. Oh man, those old guys, man. That when the ones who have been around the block, that I don't know that they're. Some of them are really funny, and some of them can be annoying. If there's a fine line, right, right. Well, you know, if the guys are sad and and broken down, it's no fun. But if, if a guy's still got uh, you know a spring in his step and still got the yeah. sparkle in his eye, then you got to love it, man. But, Speaking you know, of a uh, sparkle in his eye, uh, you crossed paths with Frankie Ford. Now, did he have still have a spring in his step when you when you, uh, you that know, is when, uh, that that is almost a tragic story. That was another Ponderosa Stomp gig, and uh, I don't know what was wrong with him. If he uh, if he was just sick that day, or if he had taken some medicine that didn't work out for him. Yeah, it happened. We were on stage, and we I think we I think we got through two and a half songs, and I just remember he was singing in one time and playing in another time, and <laughs> wow. and Warren Storm was on drums, and that's the guy you want on drums. In that situation, right. so I turned around right. and I said, "Warren, what do you think?" And he goes, "Find the middle." <laughs> Find the middle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, then uh, you know he he wasn't able to he was he he fell out in sea cruise and they had to take him off the stage. Oh, Jay West, man. Yeah, man. it was it was, big, kinda, it was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, well, fortunately, on those Ponderosa Stomp gigs, it had a lot of talent. It wasn't wasn't uh, yeah. one artist that had to carry it the whole rest of the night. Uh, and Ira, yeah, right. was a, Ira was a doctor, right? Uh, he's yeah, he's an anesthesiologist. Yeah, well, <laughs> he could put you to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he often has. <laughs> I, I knew this. I knew this other guy was an anesthesiologist, and uh, and a, a friend of mine said, uh, "Yeah, he saves a lot of money. Puts you to sleep. Puts his patients to sleep with his personality." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, so so moving on, uh, a couple of other like one of our our former guests who we we love, Amy Levere. Uh, I guess you you had some some work with her. I, I know you you worked with uh, her partner in what was that uh, the motel? What was that band called? Uh, motel Mirrors. Motel Mirrors. Yes, uh, John Paul Keith. Did you play with Motel Mirrors at all, or just, no, just John Paul? I Keith? only played. I only played with JP on the tour when I met my wife here. Oh, okay. We did a tour from uh, Norway to Serbia and everywhere in between. Wow, almost, almost two months. And uh, 
I met my wife. It was the third to last gig. <laughs> met her here in Stockholm. Huh. Okay. Was that a, a, a big change in your life? Uh, in oh, a- yeah. Well, I ended up here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, well, she was originally going to move to New Orleans, but we started really investigating what it what it involves in uh, moving someone from another country and getting into America. And you wouldn't believe how expensive and difficult it is. It's crazy. Huh. I don't know why anybody bothers. Really? But I was able to just get a job here, and I think it took eight months or something to, for them to finalize all the paperwork, but I could work. Oh, okay. While they were doing nice. that. Nice. Was your, well, was your final decision not to come is because you wanted to live? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to come back to New Orleans because you, you valued your, uh, your, your health, your, your, your health your and life. No, oh. I, I love New Orleans, you know, but, uh, uh, no, New Orleans hasn't always been the best place for me to be at times, and I had a hard time finding work there. Um, not necessarily music work, but you know, other work. And right, well, we want to talk about your some of your 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 day work because, uh, as I said in the introduction, you're a stained glass expert, and we've never had any. Now, how did you get into dealing with stained glass? That's a very esoteric uh, uh, endeavor. By accident. Uh, it was uh, the summer after my senior year in high school, and my friend Andy was a dinghy boy at Harbor, where the owner of this first studio I ever worked at docked his boat, and he offered Andy work for the summer. And I, Andy worked for one day and hated it. And he was telling me this story one night, when we were just hanging out and I was like, Oh, okay. So I just went to that place the next day because it sounded interesting. And I said, you know, Andy worked here for only a day. So that means you have a job, right? And I, well, I used to be a lot more ambitious when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> but we all uh, were. yeah, I think they were a little surprised, but they were like, yeah, sure. You know, I want to see if it works out. And so that's how I started. And then but I worked, you said that's a working at a boatyard. Uh, what's uh, no, 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 no. A- Andy was working as a dinghy boy, and he was driving the owner of the studio out to his boat, and he offered Andy a job at the stained glass studio. Oh, oh, stained glass studio. I missed that part. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's just kind of. Uh, so, what do you start off as? As like an entry level uh, stained glass? Uh, uh, what were you? Uh, apprentice? Well, it, 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 yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. Uh, it depends on if you're working outside in the church primarily, or if you're in the studio. The grunt work is obviously hauling a bunch of heavy shit around. And in the studio, you're taking windows apart. And like, you know, for restoration, you have to label all the pieces and then you have to carefully disassemble it, throw away all the old lead, clean all the pieces and, um, you know, get it ready to be rebuilt. Now, if you're if you have like broken glass, you have like glass that might be a couple of hundred years old. You have places that can manufacture replica stained glass to to match no i do it really Uh, we have a 
I mean, most studios that do big jobs like that, they have a very old stock of glass. And uh, you can match most colors pretty well. And then, um, you know, you try to get as close as you can. Depends on how many broken pieces. And then, you you know, to kind of tape what's left over with clear tape and try to get the best you can a picture of what was there before. And then you have to, you know, cut a piece to match the size and then repaint it uh, as best you can trying to match the original artwork. You take that and you fire it in a kiln. <clears throat> and then if there's any other types of um, stains or enamels or anything that need to be done, you do those as well and fire those after. But uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's a very long uh, involved process. So now why would you want to clean stained glass? No, 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 no. You're not cleaning the, the, the color and the glass cannot ever be taken away. It's part of the glass. The glass is okay. that color. Uh, what okay. you're cleaning is like when, when you build a window, you brush putty underneath the leads and then that putty will eventually dry. And so when you take it apart, there's all this putty stuck to the edges of the glass and dust and nastiness. And that's what you have to clean. Okay. Now, why is it called stained? Well, um, because uh, the way they used to make glass, they would use only stains. Now they can, you know, for a long time, actually, they can manufacture glass using uh, stain in a, in a color. But, like, I can fire a clear piece with, let's say, silver stain on it that ends up looking gold. And it uh, becomes part of the glass in in the kiln. It's a there's a chemical reaction that happens with the different with the different chemicals that are in that paint. And they react at a certain temperature. So you started doing this when you were in Chicago, and then you continued doing it in New Orleans. Uh, you were working on primarily churches. I mean, we have a million churches in New Orleans. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, churches is it's obviously the the biggest demand for that kind of work. Uh-huh. And, uh, but yeah, I started in Chicago and then I worked in a couple places in new Orleans and, um, I got hired for some bigger jobs outside of town. I lived in little rock for a little while. And then I worked at, uh, I went back to the original studio I worked at for a while, uh, because I wanted to work at, uh, they were doing St. Patrick's cathedral in New York. Oh, yeah. That was a cool job to be part of. I'll saw, bet. Man. Saw a lot of cool stuff there. A little treasure trove. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of stuff you see when you go up in, high up in uh, on those churches. There's like little jokes and things that, that Masons left and the glass guys left. Uh, it's pretty cool. Really? Like graffiti from a couple of hundred years ago or something? No, or not graffiti. Years ago? More like... Uh, I don't like there's this one thing where there's this archway and some stonemason thought it was funny to have a guy like a face and then these hands like look like he's trying to jump over a fence or something. Like Kilroy was here kind of. Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But you see a lot of stuff like that. Really, really. Right cool. on. 
must be kind of a small group of people that do that work. Huh? Even even yeah. internationally, it can't be more than I don't know, what you, a few hundred people doing that, a few thousand. I don't know. You mean worldwide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, definitely in the thousands, I would say. Okay. All right. Although I don't know for sure, but I think so. And I think I think there's a lot of people who do it independently. Yeah, just uh, art, art kind of uh, right. projects on their own. Right, right on. Okay, so you're still doing that in in Sweden, and you're also still playing music in Sweden, right? You have a you're now a band leader there. Uh, tell us about your band you have in Sweden currently. Yeah, we are called the Dumons, and we play all New Orleans uh, and South Louisiana fifties and sixties R and B, swamp pop, jazz, rock and roll. And, uh, now, what do the Swedes think of that? Uh, they like it. I mean, I don't know if they all like it, but the, most of them who, you know, pe- people who we don't know who see us play really dig it. Right. I, I know there is kind of a, a Scandinavian blues scene. You know, we had uh, Arnie Skog, who's a big star in Norway, a sly guitar player, and he plays all these festivals around. So I know that they actually have. Uh, have a kind of Scandinavian and Northern European uh, roots scenes. Yeah, I would say the most popular type of live music you're going to hear in Stockholm is trad jazz. Hmm. But you wind uh, up doing any of those kind of gigs? Yeah, I know some people. I do some pickup gigs here and there. I'm doing this cool thing on uh, Monday. We're doing a we're, there's there's a new podcast one of the guys knows about and. We're going to go in the studio and record a bunch of things and, you know, mm-hmm. little music bites for, for the, the podcast to use. Was, you know, cool. That sounds like fun. And yeah, then, man. And it's got a good budget, too. So. <laughs> All right. Well, never hurts. Yeah. Well, cool, John. Well, uh, anything else you want to touch on? You were kind of uh, coming in the, the closing moments of the, the podcast here. But, uh, man, it's been so fun having you on. Happy yeah. birthday. Thank oh, you thank for, you. Uh, for you know, spending your birthday uh, overnight with us. <laughs> oh, man, I, w- I, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Thank you, man. It's been a great. It's been a blast, man. Yeah, thanks, man. And if, if I'm ever in Stockholm, uh, can I sleep on your floor? <laughs> Absolutely, but my dog might lick you to death. Uh oh, uh oh. Yeah, no, you don't, don't like that, dogs. So. No, I don't like animals. I don't like people for that much. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, if I come to your house, will you leave for the night? I can just stay in your bed. <laughs> Take your dog with you. I'll put you with my mother-in-law. Oh, uh, all right, all right. Keep you warm, Manny. There's yeah, there company you go. There. All right. Now, do you live in a house or an apartment there? An apartment. There are very few houses in the city of Stockholm. Oh, okay. Not, you know, like single-family homes or whatever. What about uh, saunas? A sauna's a big thing there in, the, in, yes. in, in those countries. Sauna's do you have thing. one in your apartment? No, I have one at my country house. Oh. Country cool. house. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> Flexing here. There we go. There Speaking of saunas, a friend of mine was telling me that his cat loves to get high off of weed and that when he picks up his uh, his little vape pen, the cat comes and sits on his chest and waits for him to blow smoke in the cat's face. Really? <laughs> Jeez. And that, that he actually will... 
the cat has like a little cave kind of uh, uh, sleeping compartment. It's uh, you know it's like all enclosed, and that he will uh, uh, make like a big bag of volcano, you know, uh, weed vape, and blow it into the cave, and the cat will run in there and use it as kind of a weed sauna. <laughs> Wow. okay there's a good sponsor right there right 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 weed sauna yeah 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 anyway when you said sauna it reminded me that story all right john well uh man have a have a a great rest of the year uh you know for for your have for your birthday how 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 old did you turn today 44 Oh, he's just a kid. He's just, just a, a baby. Kid. Your whole life's yeah. ahead of you. Yeah. Right on. Right he's on. He's just a kid. Well, thanks, John. It's been Yo, a pleasure. Thank you, man. I know we met. You said we met at the Circle Bar once or twice, and I, I believe you, but I, I, you know, I just, I, I don't you, you had a cavalcade of people with you, and you were campaigning and okay. all sort of thing. That was, uh, I was go. shaking babies and kissing hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Renee, I think we know the drill. Yes, uh, you know, John, you know as well as anybody, uh, in the troubled nation, we like to say trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. When he left, you know it was the worst. My heart never felt such a curse. I'll tell you just why I felt so bad. Baby, that you be true Now then stand with someone new I should have known you'd put me down Now I'm on my last go-round My last go-round Oh, yes, it's true And it's all because of you The love that I lost just won't be found And I'm on my last go-round With that other clown I should have known you'd put me down Now I'm on my last go-round My last go-round Oh yes, it's true And it's all because of you The love that I lost just can't be found And I'm on my last go-round Now I'm on my last go-round Yes, I'm 
around Yes, I'm 